Hello and welcome to episode number 35 of the Waters Wavelength Podcast. My name is Dandy Francesco. I'm the deputy editor of Cellside Technology, and I'm joined by a new face. Hi. Anthony Malik. That voice you hear is Amelia David, our U.S. Hey. staff writer. <laughs> Anthony's like waving outside. Oh, Anthony <laughs> waves at us as we, as we do this, as we're in our studio. So... Amelia has been with us now for six months. Six months. Six months. She hails originally from the Philippines and uh, came to school here for uh, graduate school. Yeah. And she's been a fantastic addition to the squad. And we thought it's about time we get her on to start talking about some topics. So welcome, Amelia. Hi. And it wasn't actually just like about time. Tony said to me this morning, you're doing the podcast. Well, there you go. Our, lead, <laughs> our leader in chief decided it so, and so, so he said. So it was done. So here we are, and uh, we figured now would be as good a time as any to talk about our features. Talk about the September features. They've been up for about a week, but I know the week after Labor Day, mm-hmm. you know, things get a little bit convoluted. So uh, we're going to talk. Uh, Amelia and I are going to talk both about each of our features. We'll start, ladies first. We'll start with you, since you're the new, the newbie, the rookie. Uh-huh. So Amelia wrote about the trading turrets and the future of Trader Voice. So why don't you first just give us a little synopsis of of kind of the story in general. Okay, so the story is basically just mapping out um, the future of trading turrets. Everybody um, who's a trader knows what turrets are. It's, It's on every trader's desk, and it's stayed the same for about like 30 years or more which is my lifetime. <laughs> and so it's just, and but there's a lot of companies and uh, um, coming up that are saying like oh we can completely disrupt this this space and I just wanted to see is like it's there like what is the future of turrets will they still be on everybody's desk and that's what the the story maps out and the idea there is the whatever is already existing it's going to be a hybrid of sorts because there's still a lot of people who prefer the phones, but there's also a lot of people who are seeing all this new technology come up and say, we want a piece of that. Yeah, it's it's a much used piece of technology, but not much written about or spoken yeah. about. Um, it's one of those things that is part of everyday trader life, but maybe doesn't get the attention that it deserves. So looking through your story, lots of great things, and we'll have the link, as always, right down the bottom. So definitely click through and check it out. Kind of elaborate for the listeners a little bit more about the hybrid model. Yeah. So what people are saying to me is that maybe in the, in the, the next five to ten years, what re- they're going to see is some offices some floors would have half would be on the the regular the the trid i kept calling them traditional turrets because there's really no other way to say so the traditional turrets with the phone lines that are dedicated to them and some would be using different kinds of platforms maybe through their computer rather than a phone or a touchpad um, situation where it acts exactly like a turret, but they can add other applications to it. There's also the idea that even if it's a phone or a touchpad or something physical, it will be connected to the cloud or to the internet rather than a dedicated phone line. So that's going. There's probably going to be a mix of that in in trading floors or even even in just one team. There's going to be a mix of that. It all depends on where what the traders more comfortable using mm-hmm. now speaking to you before we started recording talking a little bit about how 
you kind of heard differing arguments around the generational gap yeah. and how that has pushed this move forward. Talk to us a little bit about what you've heard in terms of, you know, young versus old. Yeah, so when I was doing the reporting for this and I was talking to a lot of the, the new guys, and of course they're they're very, very big proponent of the cloud. They're big proponents of um, having like an app kind of piecemeal um, uh, system. Not just, not really piecemeal, but like it's an app instead of just like one specific platform, but you can add into things. And I thought it's like, that's exactly like a smartphone and a lot of the, the, the vendors would say, exactly, it was the smartphone that really made people who are, made traders more accepting of what we offer. And, but if you talk to like other people who've been in the business longer, they would say, but a lot of people still really do prefer the phones because that's what they grew up with, that's what they know, that's what they see. So it's like, it's kind of like now where some people will be like, I really don't like smartphones. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, I prefer the landline. Yeah. So like when I was doing the reporting, like that really struck me. It's like it reminded me of when I first got my f- my a smartphone and my, my parents just couldn't understand it. <laughs> it's like, why do you need a phone with a camera and like you can check your email? So Yeah, it's you know, it's something that we see throughout, whether it's, you know, speak kind of on the same level of phones with the whole BYOD argument and BlackBerry versus, you know, bringing your own, your smart devices, or just really across the board. It's you have this younger generation that's coming in and these, you know, I hate using this word, but these millennials that uh, are rising slowly but surely up the ranks and they're kind of implementing their own technology. And then you have the folks, the old guard that have been there that are kind of used to the way things are. So it's an age as old as time. Yeah. Uh, but although they do point out that so a lot of the older traders may even prefer the smartphones or the the new kind of platforms and like physical touchpad phones because they they feel more comfortable with it but i mean if you talk to a lot of the vendors they're going to say that's really the more you know, the, the kids right out of college and like their MBAs going to the uh, floors. That sure, are. sure. Yeah, it's exactly. You have like the uh, the Danny DeVito from Always Sunny. Why are you rubbing on the phone? Why you uh, let me rub on your phone? <laughs> the, the the lack of understanding a lot of times from the touchpads from the from the older folks is definitely entertaining. One thing that Anthony and I always discuss when we talk about our features is, you know, you've been doing this now for, for six months and you were obviously a journalist before coming here and are familiar with, you know, you do a lot more reporting than actual writing. You know, yeah. that's 90% of the job they always say is is reporting and then 10% is the writing part. Of the all the reporting that you did, I'm sure a lot of it, I know a lot of it didn't make the actual story. What is maybe one thing that stood out that maybe you couldn't fit into the 2,000 words? I, I wanted to talk about it, but I couldn't as much. Um, there was there were a lot of people telling me that they when they go and talk to clients they would say we didn't know this existed we were we were still using legacy um, the the legacy platforms because we didn't know that there were other types of trade of turrets we didn't know that there was other kinds of technology we didn't know you could use the cloud so I didn't really get to talk about that as much, but that for me was interesting. And when you 
when I asked a lot of the vendors, it's like, do you think it's because they just didn't really trust the cloud? That's why they didn't transfer over. They'd say, well, it's partly that, but partly because they didn't really know. Mm-hmm. And now they want to explore their options. Yeah, I think it, it gets back to the original point that we talked about, about how this is something that uh, that folks just don't have maybe it's not as covered as much you don't see it as much so it's a little bit kind of under the radar and that's why you'd have folks being we we didn't even weren't aware of this you know uh so yeah it's it's definitely a fantastic story you know worth a read on a topic that touches on you know everyday trading life that like i said maybe doesn't get the attention that necessarily deserves Mm -hmm. uh switching gears now to uh to my story my feature um so what I looked at was <clears throat> was a case study regarding SmartStream and Credit Suisse, and basically it's around fees, expense management. So uh, I had the chance to speak to uh, two folks that were in on the ground floor of developing what was this internal platform at Credit Suisse um, about how to manage these trading fees and, and whatnot. Um, and then how it kind of transferred and now is moving towards a utility model. So I spoke to Matthew Brown at Credit Suisse, and I also spoke to uh, Barat Malisha. Again, awful pronunciation, probably pr- pr- pronounces his name, <laughs> last nickname wrong. Sorry, Barat, I apologize. Uh, he's over at SmartStream. Both of them were originally at Credit Suisse and were involved in the original development of the platform. And really kind of just the story goes through the timeline of uh, the initial development of the platform, selling it off, SmartStream acquiring it, and now SmartStream's plans to build a utility. And as it stands now, they have uh, two banks um, onboarded on the platform, and they're looking to add more. The biggest thing, as we all know, with utilities is getting critical mass. So uh, that's kind of the brief 30,000-foot uh, view. Uh, I know we were talking a little bit before. What, what's something maybe that stood out to you about the, uh, the feature? So, what I really wanted to know, so um, it's being developed now and developed further. Like in the past few years that it started, like what has been happening? Right. So, it's been a long timeline. Uh, the platform was initially acquired, it was built back in 2007. Um, and then it was kind of built up at Credit Suisse, and then eventually they decided to sell it off, and it was acquired by SmartStream in December of 2014. And then there was kind of the whole transferring over of the platform and then transferring on the clients. And getting Credit Suisse on started basically in January of this year and just ended this summer. So it's a long extenuation of, uh, you know, initially when you see and you see, wow, this is this this initial acquisition took place in December 2014. What's been taking so long? Well, a lot of back, you know, yeah. back office stuff naturally and, and getting the, the legacy uh, system set up and, and, and out and whatnot. But now is when I think they're really starting to get the wheels turning. The platforms uh, called Excalibur. It was called Excalibur Credit Suisse. And now it's Excalibur at SmartStream. So it was originally internal right. to Credit Suisse. Like, it's it's really interesting to me that they decided well this should be a utility we can't do it as we can't do it ourselves so somebody else right should. yeah i think you know what they realized that the they had gone as far as they were going to go with it i think that you know speaking with uh with matthew i think he kind of said you know 
well, first of all, I mean, just technology projects in general, as you've seen, um, as most of you listening know, you can't fund them forever. You know, yeah. eventually <laughs> you, you got to cut the cord. And I think that they also realize, well, there's some great IP here and we can save a you know, we could probably make a little bit of money off it too by selling it. So it was a combination of those things and then a combination of realizing this is something that everybody in the industry deals with, these, this management of these fees. If we got everybody on board, it's kind of a, a rise in tide raises all ships. If we farm this out to the right vendor, and I think they believe that SmartStream was the right vendor because of some of their, their past history around reference data, utilities, you know, and whatnot, uh, I think they figured this will be the right move for us. So that's kind of, I think, you know, I'd like to say that's the, the mindset. It was a combination, I think, of we can make a little money. Everybody can, you know, everybody can come together and really make a good crack at this and really help mm -hmm. in something that's not a dif differentiator. It's yeah. not like one bank's going to get ahead of another because they're expense management. And also just because, like I said, they're not going to be able to manage that internal system forever. So why not field it out to, to somebody else? Um, but I think that's that's enough of... The, of my fintech stuff th that story or just fintech talk in general because you know we got a new person on we want to talk some non-fintech topics and <laughs> from having known a million now the past six months i know that television is very yeah. important and uh she was actually the first one i don't know if i've ever told you this you were the first one to kind of tip me off on stranger things really yes well before we get started so if you're not interested. We're going to talk about Stranger Things. If you haven't seen Stranger Things yet, just turn it off because we're going to spoil it because we're going to talk about the entire series. So, Or better yet, just watch it. Like, better yet, watch it. Pause and, then, and watch it. Yeah, pause and come back in, what, 10 hours when yeah. you're done with it. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, I, I had heard you talk about it uh, in the office and say something like, you know, my so many people on my Facebook are obsessed with Stranger Things or I love Stranger Things so much. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to give this a crack. And I was not disappointed i <laughs> loved it it was fantastic so what's what's your take on on the season i mean we go a lot of different places what, what did you think of stranger things okay first, first like i'll tell you how i how i like came across it i only saw like one story on it and it was just talking about how we know when a writer is staging a comeback yeah it's like okay i don't know what this movie is but she's a mom and i kept seeing it on the the netflix like um banner yep yeah thing. yeah when you click on yep. yeah and it's actually it, like when you when i turn on netflix and it starts auto playing the mm -hmm, music yep, it's like yeah. what is this annoying thing <laughs> so i just had to just like okay i'll watch this and me and my roommate me and my roommate we always like do try new shows we have this thing called like a two episode um test and uh, we've had a string of very bad luck on new shows. So, like, let's try this. It looks mindless enough. And it turned out to be really amazing. It's like this... If you've ever loved, when you were a kid, like, 80s movies, like Goonies, it's exactly this. But what I loved about it is, like, every 80s trope was in it. It's, like, three different movies happening all at once which was like i thought it's like if you don't like the goonies part you can get like the murder mystery right. thriller part and it normally wouldn't work right but i was so surprised that it worked so well yeah i think that's the the crux of it is that it has that nostalgia feel of the 80s i mean right off the bat with the music and the the, yes. the logo and everything 
it's very much got the feel of like oh this is like et these are like all the yeah. 80s movies i love so i think that's i think that's a, a huge part of it um i know they've been signed on for a second season yeah are you worried i i don't see how there can be a second season i feel like i mean after watching like all i think it's like eight or ten episodes mm-hmm. in like one day yep i knew it's like i want more but it can't be the same exactly and it's the same actors like how are they well that's a, that's a huge problem is kids first of all they're kids so they're gonna grow yeah. up fast so that's they have to start shooting right away second of all i think it's a full loop. You went the, you know, you yes. had the whole issue. Like, sure, there's some unanswered questions about L and, you know, whatnot. But it's it was the full loop. And they kind of give do that thing that all series do where they try to leave, oh, thinking more, where um, uh, the kid that was missing, I'm horrible with names. The kid Will. that was, Will coughs up and the thing, like, wriggles I mean, around. yeah, sure, that's interesting. But do we really have to go through that again? Right. Do we have to go, do we need eight more hours to find yeah. out why Will's I'm, coughing up? I, I'm actually... Uh, really interested in knowing about one to ten more than i am about like let's go back to the upside down i don't care see i'm so dumb i didn't even realize like oh 11 she must be the 11th one there must be patients one through 10 but that's an awesome point i didn't even think about that maybe Um, her mom was like nine or something like who knows right because her mom was in the lsd yes uh, testing yeah but you said it perfectly it's you know it's one of those things where you finish and you're like i need more i need season two right away and then you realize no you don't it was a nice whole meal but that was it's like when you're at the buffet and you fill up your plate and you eat and you're like that feels great but you don't have to go back up again i did hear some interesting theories though someone said that will is going to be the new flower monster what is the term? Oh, the, the Demogorgon. The, oh, that's the so which, he's slowly turning into him. Yeah, which is, which just really sucks for Will. Yeah, that would be <laughs> that would be awful. That would not be good for Will. Um, but yeah, it's you know, I guess you you, you and it's different characters, a little bit different. But you harken back. I don't know if you were a fan of True Detective, True Detective season one. I actually never saw it. You never saw it. All right. Well, True Detective season one. <laughs> fantastic awesome i need more of that see true detective season two granted different storyline different characters awful tough time getting through it so um yeah if you haven't yet watched watch stranger things it's awesome it's fantastic it's definitely worth it one show that isn't quite as new as stranger (laughs) things that you're a big fan of that really we should get anthony back in here because uh he's such a big fan of it is west wing i know you're re-watching it now and you've kind of noticed some I, I think it's incredibly prescient, prescient, prescient. We'll take, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> it's like, so I started rewatching it after um, Scalia died. Because mm-hmm. my roommate's like, remember that episode where they chose the new Supreme Court justice? And like, vaguely. And it was exactly it. The, a justice who was very conservative and the search for that. And it's like, how did this show know this was going to happen? And now with the whole thing about Hillary's health, because the whole, one of the biggest plot lines, I think, for the whole of season three of West Wing was that Bartlett hid his MS. And it's like, I mean, it's not exactly a perfect... Sure. Uh, yeah, but it's it, every time I hear something about, oh, she's hiding her... 
health issues or whatever. I'm like, hey, that's exactly like yeah. Jed Bartlett. Well, it could go for both candidates because, you know, with the Trump not releasing yeah. his medical records, both, I mean, Hillary's particularly in the news because of, you know, what happened on at 9-11. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting how a show, what, that was made 15 years ago, 10 years ago, right? When did... Something, I, th- when was the, I think the first season was... 2000 okay. or 99 cause all right so they yeah. had a they had a like a 9-11 episode at right the start of the third so so six what 16 17 years ago a show that was made still kind of hitting on things that we're still seeing in Which 2016 is kind of sad when you think about it it's like it's, it's just repeat yeah it, it is sad and it just shows how government some things yeah. don't change or um, aaron sorkin is a time traveler yeah that could be it too that that would be uh interesting we'll see if the newsroom holds up 10 years from now. See, I recently rewatched Newsroom, which was a mistake because I watched an episode of West Wing first and then watched Newsroom and I just realized how bad Newsroom was. I like the Newsroom. It's just not as good. But, you know. I think what it is is I think as journalists, as people in that space, you see Sorkin's writing obviously is very witty, very sharp, very quick, has the answer to everything. And the way the newsroom was written it was written about events that were happening and how that newsroom yeah. respond and as someone that's a journalist you're thinking well yeah of course his characters course are gonna have the now perfect now you think of that yeah like, now yeah. you think of how to respond or how to write this or how to take handle this yeah because you already know what's gonna happen like the bp oil spill or the shooting yeah. you know like you you know how to handle a, all these a, things. a friend of mine pointed out when i told her that i was re-watching the newsroom she's like you know my problem with that is we don't talk that way we don't like like, what would you do if your editor preached to you like that? Right. And I was like, to be fair, and I'm sorry, Tony, but I would roll my eyes. And I would put <laughs> on my earphones and be like, I get it. Okay. <laughs> and also, I don't think a character on West Wing or any of the Aaron Sorkin shows has ever said the word um. I've never heard say um or huh That's or unsure. True. It's just they. everybody knows exactly the dialogue is always perfect. Smartest people in the world. Everyone that's in an Aaron Sorkin uh, film. But... We digress. So, Amelia, this has been great. We thank you for coming on. I thank you for coming on. This yep. will not be the last time you'll be on. <laughs> we'll have more regular visits from Amelia. She's right in the office. She writes great stuff. So, uh, we'll plug your Twitter as well. What, what is your Twitter? So, it's at Mia David, M-I-Y-A David, where you will see my a few weeks ago where I had a nervous breakdown because the the MTA just did not work for me <laughs> gotta love the subway gotta love the subway but we will uh i'll have the link for her uh twitter account as well but uh we're gonna have anthony come in here real quick and talk a little football but first thank you amelia for joining us so before we go i want to bring in anthony malakian uh to talk u.s editor my normal co-host to talk a little bit about you know, week one, we like we've said before, we catch a lot of crap for talking a lot of sports. And hopefully just before there talking with Mia, you got a good taste of some non sports, non fintech stuff. But before we go, have to talk first week of NFL. A lot of things happened. Anthony, we're on two separate sides of the equation after week one. I'm O and one. You're one and oh. Shocking that that's the way it rolled out, huh? Such an asshole, you know? Well, first of all, can, can, can I can I can I put it so first, let's talk about some managerial stuff. What is a sign of a great manager? Delegating responsibility and getting stuff off your book. So what do you say? You say, oh, well, we have Mia here. 
she's going to be, you know, throw her on here, take up my slot, freeze me up, just do whatever I need. And then all I have to do is come on and talk football. One day, you know, young Padawan, you'll learn the genius that is my managerial skill, you know? See, what I, the comparison I thought you were going to make is like a Bill Belichickian, like, oh, look, I can, <laughs> with whoever's here, I can make do. I but can, really, I'm exactly. the, I really, I'm the Bill Belichick of this situation yeah. because you're Tom Brady. You're just a clog, a clog yeah. of the system. And I'm just churning out content regardless of who's sitting across. Me with Garoppolo, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me as Garoppolo. <laughs> me as Garoppolo in this situation, so... Uh, well, so, so so there. Well, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I would say, I listen. As I think any Patriots fan, you look at the point spread. You even if Brady, even if Brady was there, Gronk was there, Ninkovich was there, that was going to be a tough assignment. Going into Arizona against that team and winning, it was always going to be tough. You take away those weapons and you figure, okay, it's Garoppolo's first game against an outstanding secondary. Um, this is going to be a tough game. Uh, and you figure, okay, hopefully we can keep it close, see what happens. Quite frankly, the Patriots dominated that game, um, but it was a couple silly turnovers, a couple bad penalties that kind of kept it close at the end. And I really thought that, you know, Bill Belichick, he can do no wrong. Like, he's not allowed – anything he does is just genius, right, is is kind of the, the perception you have of it. But the co- clock management at the very end of that game, I thought, was terrible. We were letting time just slip off the clock when they were setting themselves up for a field goal. Fortunately, had a holding penalty um, that helped us out and a couple things that pushed them back and then a shanked field goal. Um, so, yeah, great win to go 1-0 when the whole rest of the AFC East just went to bed. Jets game that had to be. I was there watching with uh, my best friend, Ken. He's a Jets fan, and we're at this bar, this dive bar called the Call Box in uh, Williamsburg, Greenpoint area. And a missed extra point, missed field goal from a field goal kicker would have been money. money you know, money. Yeah. The best for us. I mean, such a tough way to lose a game. I, I legitimately felt bad for Jets fan. I felt bad for my friend. But now, you know, a couple days later in here with you, it's easy to gloat. <laughs> yeah, you know, once you saw him miss, when you saw them get the pick and get in the red zone and then have the block field goal, and then you saw him miss the extra point, you kind of knew, all right, even though they're up, this, this, that's, it It always comes back to bite you in the ass. Missed extra points always come back to bite you in the ass. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's sad to say, but Revis, Revis Island is closed. It's, uh, it's, that wasn't it's as good it, as you think three that, Okay, Island. so where he got burned, I thought that was a safety. You see the safety. Safety bit hard. Safety and he bit hard. points back to him. He goes, yeah. hey, I'm, le- I'm releasing this guy. He's like, we was like, yeah, I've been on him, running with him for 20 yards. Help me out here yeah, a little bit. No, that was a horrible play by the safety, well, not Revis, it, in my it's, opinion. It's a couple different things because on one hand, it's what type of coverage are you calling there? Because it's always been Revis Island, let Revis go by himself. And then, you know, uh, Todd Bowles kind of alluded to the fact that, well, we're giving him more help than maybe a lot of people think. But... So you're unsure of what exactly if the safety saying I understand where you're coming from where Reeves come from like I was running with him for 20 but that's that's why we pay you the big bucks that's why you're one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league but you can't have him on every single play like even in his prime remember when Randy Moss beat him on the same exact play yeah. seam play a big receiver seam play down the middle Revis will need help on those he's got the when he can use the sidelines he's brilliant middle of the field seam play there has to be a safety there the safety. See, no, the like safety, he was this, running back, and the, then all of a sudden he came in and said, "No, you take him." And this, the safety did bite, but also I think part of it is just he's just lost a step. And if you watch that clip right before the ball gets there, you can see he kind of 
tries to speed up, almost like you know when you used to play cornerback when you were a kid. You'd be like, oh, I'll let the receiver get a little bit, and then I'll run up and. Re-. And you could almost <laughs> like, see, ah, shit. <laughs> yeah, you could almost see him doing that, and he just couldn't get there. Now, granted, AJ Green's one of the best wide receivers in the league. But I think that he's just not the same that he got. But he that was. was to be expected. I mean, listen, there's a reason why the Patriots just kind of let him go. You know, there is a reason why he was. That's to be expected at his age. It's not, right. You're not going to. There's not an infinite timeline of skills. There's going to be a slight diminishment. He still did an okay job in that game against one of the very, very best receivers and quarterbacks. Big in the third league. down. Big third down reception he gave up, though, at mm-hmm. the end of the game in the fourth quarter. That one. Well, that's that the other stung. thing, too, I would say about the Jets is. Yo, this is a great defense. I mean, God, that front line is absolutely ferocious. But with that being said, and this was true last year, there were so many instances where the great defenses like your Denver's, like your Seattle's, when they have to make a stop at the end of the game, they come through. The game was they had the game if they made the stop. Yeah, they couldn't make the stop, and you know that that's going to be one th- thing to look at. I think going forward, you know, is this a defense that is truly going to be on that level of great? Or will this be a seven and nine team because they'll keep games close, but um, you know they're going to allow a couple games to slip through here and there? Yeah, you know it's just it was kind of they lose the game and then like you you said before you see okay well Miami loses well Buffalo loses and you're thinking all right well and then the Pats are down and you're thinking if everybody goes zero and four it's kind of like a whitewash and it's okay yeah. we're back to square one and then the one team you don't want to get the one game lean on everybody the Pats wins and then coupled with the fact that the Bengals there's a good chance you know you don't know how that division is going to shake out but there's a good chance they're going to be playing for a while fighting for a wild card spot potentially with the Bengals so it's just well it's I think that r- like when you go into the season right you. The Patriots, I think, Patriots fans, most of them would chalked up a loss at Arizona. I think Jets fans, you chalk up a loss at Cincinnati. Oh, no, actually, that game was at home. Yeah, that's right. You kind of want to win that game. Game was at home, yeah. and yeah, it's, you know, there's a lot more. Their stretch, we talked about this before, but their stretch now, I'm pulling it up right now. This is Buffalo this is great Thursday, podcast. which is. Buffalo Thursday. Watkins is not 100%, which is good, But Thursday games are always just Thursday games are a shit show. Never... And, it's, and it's in. It's in Buffalo. Yeah. Um, which, and Rex Ryan has done pretty – he gets that team hyped to play the Jets. Threw the lap band out. He's getting fat again. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> getting fat again. Him and his brother, he says that, uh, you know, he wants to get fat again because that's the way. So, yeah, so their stretch now is – so they play at Buffalo, at Kansas City, which, whatever, that should be a win. Home against Seattle, Kansas that's a loss. At Pittsburgh, that's a loss. At Arizona, that's probably a loss. Home against Baltimore. I mean, you're staring down the barrel of potentially 1-6, 0-7 – to start, uh, which, you know, and then it gets a little bit easier at Cleveland, at Miami, home against LA. And Baltimore isn't Baltimore of old. Right, it? right. Yeah. Uh, you know, but that it, it's such a tough early stretch that you want to win that game, especially really when the game it. was lost because of field goal and extra points. Exactly, exactly. Um, but great, great first week. I mean, every single game was, you know, single digits came right down to the wire. Um, Jack Del Rio putting it all on the line. Dude, the two I point was conversion. at the bar and. It goes plays. We're like, who the hell is that coach on Oakland? We're like, we don't, we didn't even know who it was. Who's and, that blonde sensation? Yeah. And then he throws up. We're like, oh my god, that coach is amazing. <laughs> and then you're like, it's Jack Del Rio. We're like, Jack Del Rio. Oh man, I'm so pissed that I was rooting for Jack Del Rio. But Derek Carr, I love him. He's like my outside of Brady, obviously, and Garoppolo. <laughs> now uh, Derek Carr is my favorite in the league. Any thoughts on uh, the Jags kind of making a little bit of noise against the Packers? Is there? You think there's some real? playoff potential in that team a lot of people have been high on them before the season started yeah it was a good game at home and god i I hate giving aaron Rodgers any credit but that throw he made where guys on him he's basically it's like on his back foot and just hucks a perfect strike for a touchdown um yeah i mean yo 
let's see. Remember week one, every single week one, there's always a massive amount of overreaction. Sure. Um, you know, is Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo could easily go and just wet the bed in, in against Miami, you know? Um, so let's see where things kind of shake out from here. Uh, Jacksonville, there's a lot of really nice weapons there, but are you ready to kind of say this is a playoff team? I'm not in that boat yet, no. Blake Bortles, baby. The future. He looked good. He looked good. The future. Uh, you know, you got some real nice talent there. I wish that, uh, yeah, I mean, it would be good to see them not be an absolute just dumpster fire. I think we all can agree we're glad that, that football is back, but we promise this won't be a weekly thing. We're not going to do a 10-minute yep. recap. This is just I mean, if we one. had our choice, this would all we'd be <laughs> yeah. talking about. It would <laughs> just be this. No one would listen It'd to be it. this politics and you know maybe a couple TV shows, and yeah. that would be that. <laughs> um, but uh, quick programming note for next week. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we have the Chicago conference coming up. Anthony will be in Chicago. I'm going to be traveling to Boston. Uh, so we figured it would just be best if we just waited till Friday. Both of us will be back in the office, and we can give a recap of Chicago, talk about all the great panels and whatnot. So keep an eye out for the podcast next week. will be released on Friday. Anthony, you have anything else to add? That's all I got. Looking forward to Chicago. Come see me. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, and uh, check back in next week. 